0: Welcome to this episode of the Customer Centric Retailing Podcast. This is Anil Patel, founder and CEO of HotRex Commerce. In this podcast, we discuss e-commerce, omnichannel technology, pre-order management, brick and mortar operations, retail culture, innovation, and how all these elements come together to create customer centric retailing. Join us to hear the brightest minds in the retail industry share their experiences and thoughts on the most relevant topics today. Today we have with us Angela Pishin. She's global retail operations manager at Roger Vivier. Welcome to the podcast, Angela. How are you doing today?
1: Hi, Anil. I'm fine, thank you. Uh, Thank you for this opportunity, and thank uh, you. Hello to all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, this is great. This is great. You know, uh, I've been having conversations with you, but definitely just for our audience. I would love uh, if you could give us a quick introduction to your journey, professional journey so far.
1: Yes, sure. So um, my experience can be divided into, I like to divide it into parts, which is the first one. It's the Italian part because I am Italian and I started my career in retail when I was young, when I was 24 years old. And, uh, um, I started for, um, for a company whose name is Calcedonia, Calcedonia Group, which is a mass market, uh, uh, company. And I was in charge with the retail and the stores. I started as a store manager and then as a district manager. Um, I was in charge with the development of several stores for the brand Tedzenis, which is a young brand. And, uh, Basically, um, my my experience was really brick and mortar because it was in the before two thousand and eight, and so everything was very solid and uh, very material, let's say. And uh, during these years, I was also uh, since I'm very very curious, uh, technologically speaking, I started to discover. Uh, social networks and uh, like Facebook and MySpace. If you remember, I had a personal page also, and uh, and I started to to deep dive into these new tools uh, to understand how they were working and what are, what were the opportunities that that could give us. And uh, at the end, I was the one who uh, created the pages, the fun pages to Dennis that today is uh, I think that has several millions followers. And I presented this opportunity to the to the owner, to the president of the company, and I and I had the possibility to enter the communication and image um, office department. So um, it was a great opportunity because I could uh, I could learn uh, a lot to, about communication, about marketing. I was in charge with the shootings. So my this, let's say that this experience was retail, but also communication. Um, uh, part, while the second part of my life, which is the French one, it's uh, started with uh Roger uh, Vivier, which is a French maison, and the, it is part of Tod's group. So it's a maison of luxury that sells high, uh, high quality and uh, products, accessories and shoes. And uh, I work as a retail operations manager, so I am in charge with all the operations, let's say from the uniforms to uh, to the, the tools that are in the in the, um, in the stores. And uh, last but not least, during the last three years, I've been uh, working with the implementation of all the omnichannel uh, part, which is uh, very, very important today for uh for the museum, and it's given us a lot of satisfaction, let's say.
0: Voila. Awesome. This is great. <laughs> yeah, no, this is fantastic. You know, <clears throat> it's important here. Uh, I definitely want to highlight that you started this uh, digital journey very early on and leveraging the social network for st- establishing communication with uh, from the brand to the customers. Uh, In fact, uh, yesterday, yesterday, today, I I read a report uh, about a report that was done by NRF and IBM to study global customer base. And they also uh, established the fact, uh, based on the data, that um, the social, um, all the digital social networks are having so much impact on customers' uh, buying behavior, how they discover products, and all that. So I'm glad, I'm really happy that I have opportunity to talk to you because you are one of those people who early on uh, saw the opportunity for retail brands uh, to use social networks. So that's fantastic. But then, you know, what you are doing recently uh, definitely catches my attention a lot just because you you talk about the, you know, magical words, omni-channel, Vince. That's really great. You know, we want... (laughs) <laughs> today customers are digital they are always like you know in this report that i talked about uh, again there was this term came up that hybrid shopping yeah. uh, we clearly see that today customers are uh, discovering products digitally and and as sure. they discover the product and then uh, they learn about it and and then as they learn about it they go and buy you know uh, as as a part of their shopping journey they go in the store experience the product check it out and then if they like it they go ahead and complete the buying process buying process is just a part of the buying journey right Uh, so that's like an amazing thing so you know tell us about your real life experiences about what customers have come to expect Uh, in technology world we call it seamless experience across channels how do what do you see? What are customers expecting, and how, at the in the real world, in these stores, as you are running them, what is the uh, real ground level reality and the implementation of the seamless experience that we are talking about today?
1: Yes, as you as you as you say, you're right. You talk about seamless experience because the client doesn't want to feel uh, any problem when he wants to buy. He needs to to buy fast because with uh, we, we luxury, it's not something that we need. It's not something like food. So luxury, it's really an experience. So for us, it's very, very important that experience is at the top, as the best experience ever. So uh, as you say, today, the client uh, for sure, the first thing that he does is to check on the social network and then he goes on the website and then he comes to the stores. So from an omnichannel point of view, there, there might be two, two different uh, let's say buy points, purchase points that one is uh, from the online and the other one is from the store. So it depends on the client and what it needs. So uh, the, the, the reality is that the reality, the, the seemsonic experience, should be seamless because, technologically speaking, there should be any issue. Uh, From an operational point of view, all the staff should be trained, all the materials like, let's say, the special packaging, um, thank you notes and whatever should be delivered to the store and be ready to be used. Uh, Also, from a logistic point of view, it's something that we have to consider because uh, when you when you buy online and when you buy in store, you have to have the product uh, the product present available. So one of the aim and uh, of the omni channel is uh, to make the product always available. So if you are in the store and you cannot find it because it's finished, you just sold the last piece. You, the, the sales assistant is able to assist the customer and make a purchase online on a purchase order and make this product uh shipped to to directly to his uh, house or at the store as he wants. On the other side, when the client is on the website and he wants a product, uh he doesn't know if this product that comes from the stock of the e-commerce or from a stock of a store. But in our company what we do is to make all the stores synchronized so that the client can see let's say the majority of possibility of availability of stock. Okay, so this is uh, the challenge uh, that we are experiencing today. And then, uh, as I say, the the show must go on because uh, sometimes, you know, when you are in the store, then you don't have the Wi-Fi, so the application is not properly working, or sometimes the client receives a product uh, in a wrong address, so the, the, the sales assistant has to to help the, the client. Um, so all these ingredients are part of my daily life and uh, the client, uh, the, the, the aim and also the one of the of the stories to make it to, to make it satisfied. And if uh, there is a problem, the problem gets behind and then we smile and we find the solution. So we try to activate all the channels and also the communication between e-commerce team and the store teams is now essential.
0: Yeah, this is great. In fact, the synchronization and teamwork between the online and the in-store uh, SO team has to be really, really you know, integrated. They have to work together as one team, mm-hmm. which is important. Uh, like traditionally, what we have seen is that uh, all these online stores have their own KPIs, their own targets retail stores have their own kpis their own targets but from what you just said a lot of customers might actually start their journey online may even place an order online and then come in the store to pick up the item sure. or they might order an item online which gets shipped from the store so here it is the situation where you know two teams are working together to deliver a high-quality service, to deliver the product to the customer. Now, in this process, what we are seeing is the, the, the line, the clear line between these two teams is disappearing, and so is disappearing the KPIs. So what do you think about the challenges of how do we uh measure the performance of our store associates how do we keep harmony between their relationship between them so they are not competing with each other instead they are working together to help our customers and have our company succeed our brand deliver on the promises to the customer at the same time we want to ensure that our associates in the store or in the online business are all successful and they are feeling happy. So tell us more about, you know, what are your real-life experiences in that terms?
1: Yes, you talk about KPIs, which are very, very important, because uh, um, in, in from, from my point of view, and also from your point of view, the <coughs> like experience is important. So. One of the main KPIs that I'm checking today is uh, connected with the cancellation because um, uh, it can happen both from the online purchase and on the the store purchase that at the end of the day, there is a cancellation that can be uh, caused by several issues. So whenever there is a cancellation, it means that there is a client who is disappointed. And we don't, and we want to avoid this as much as possible because of the customer experience. So, uh, I've been checking for all these months all the cancellations coming from e-commerce and also coming from the shipper store. So, uh, and it's uh, and it's very challenging because uh, when you ask for information, then for example, a store who is cance- canceling a product, for example. Uh, can have several several reasons. So one reason is for sure the quality check because uh, uh, the, the product is not is not fine, so it's damaged, so it cannot be shipped. So this is the first. Then there is the cancellation due to the payment failure, which is very rare. And the most uh, the, the the one that we have more often is a problem of uh, the store that doesn't want to send it to the client because he wants to keep it for. Potential client that could come, uh, in the next day. Sometimes it's for sure a reservation that they forgot to put in the hidden stock, because this is another thing that we have to, 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 to remember is that if something is reserved, the store, the, the, the system cannot see the stock cannot, see, has not to see this availability. But in the other side, there is this mindset of the stores, which is still present that they prefer to keep the product in, uh, in the store because they will probably sell it tomorrow and then they don't sell it, but it's not, uh, it's not a problem. So little by little, this is something that uh, it's getting really better, really, really improving on during all these months, but it takes time. So this is the first KPIs. And then there is the, uh, return, the, the return time uh, with the refund. Uh, because uh, in our policy, once we have received, we refund the client once the product is uh, uh, is come is back from in the warehouse. So if you are fast in shipping, and then if we are fast in receiving, then we can refund uh, easier the client. And then another one is the delivery time, because uh, this is mostly for the ship on store, so meaning that the product is starting his journey from the store. And uh, as you know, when you buy online, you know you have more or less two to three days, or uh, four, it depends. Uh, so we try to stay in the same uh, in the same window of timing, also for the stores. And it's sometimes challenging because uh, during these two years with the pandemic, the, the stores have been having a lot of more operation concerning logistics because uh, it's not only ship on store but could be also distant sale that comes or a consolidation uh, so there is a lot of movement of movement movement behind the scenes that you cannot see but uh, it's happening a lot so this is another KPI
0: <clears throat> now this is great in fact you know i like uh, the KPIs how you defined Like uh, cancellations, like uh, it's like uh, something we can smell, you can smell quickly that if there are cancellations happening, particularly if uh, for orders not shipping from the store, there's a lot to be uh, closely, we should closely take a look at it and there's an opportunity to have a conversation with the store associates. Help them yeah. understand the company's strategy. Help them understand the customer experience. Get them on board with the omni-channel strategies, like the company's goal to deliver the seamless experience to the customers. Yes, now, exactly. As and when we discuss these uh, um, these experiences with the store associates, uh, and and cancellations are good opportunity. Uh, we can get them on board with our um, omni-channel. Journey or tra- digital transformation journey of the company, which is important. So, you know, uh, this is actually interesting. So, what is like, you know, how does this affect the sales targets that uh, we are setting at the store level or at the online level? So, uh, do you see some changes in your um, strategy about how you set these sales targets for your stores? How do you uh, set targets for your store managers and your store associates and then also your online sales? So, you know, I'm sure there are like uh, different things that you have experimented and uh, you must have a, you know, uh, what are the outcomes of your experiments? So, you know, definitely, you know, I'm sure our audience would be interested in learning from it.
1: Yes. So let's say that last week until the first Part of the of the year, the systems were not the omnichannel was let's we call it light version because the stocks were not still uh, synchronized 100 percent, and also the statistics system the one that uh, gives us all the data uh, was not uh, was not uh, synchronized with the sales so there was this first part where. Uh, all the endless aisle, for example, the endless aisle purchase, they were not tracked. So we have to do it uh, with an Excel and then every day sell to the business analyst to include this data. And we didn't have a lot of success with endless eyes. Start from the moment when these sales were included in all the weekly reports, monthly reports, uh, etc and it was associated to the retail part that was a success so uh, just to to explain you there was a kind of battle between the e-commerce and the, uh, and the retail because um how can we exactly how can we um associate the sales so the balance was that uh, in endless ISAs sales are now Associated to the retail, so to the sales assistant, why the ship and store are associated to the customer, uh, sorry, to the e-commerce. And the reason is that when you do an endless eye sales, even if the purchase is done online, then all the sale and the selling ceremony is done by the sales assistant who is in charge to accompany the client, to make him decide, to to give him some tips. this is a real effort from a sale point of view, while the shipment store is just, uh, the store is just a stock source. So let's say he is in charge with the preparation of the packaging. Okay. So this is, was the first part, which was like, okay, this is the deal. But then we are, <laughs> we, we are now living another moment where with the increase of numbers of, um, Ship from stores, in particular, in some specific stores that are doing uh, the stock source for uh, extra Europe. So, in particular, we are a store in Milan who is doing a lot of shipment to Canada, to Thailand, to APAC, to Australia. They are doing a lot of of uh, ship of ship from store, and so we are thinking about uh, rewarding them in some way because. Uh, uh, they not only have to deal with the ship, but they also have to deal with the returns because when the client does, is not satisfied and then he does a return, the product arrives to the store. So the stockkeeper is getting crazy sometimes and uh, he's not very happy. <laughs> so no, uh, which is totally understandable. So uh, so this is like uh, these are the main, let's say, the main issues that arise. Uh, now, nowadays, in our in my, in my reality, I don't know what you think, and if your experience is different from mine, I'm curious to know.
0: Yeah, this is interesting. In fact, you know uh, the what you t- uh, shared is uh, in alignment with what I, my experience is. Um, <clears throat> we also see that this is a good compromise wherein. All the online orders that get shipped from the store are attributed to the online sales and at the same time, uh, all the endless aisle orders that are placed by the stores are attributed to the store sales, which is, this is how, you know, there's a clear uh, line between, you know, who um, puts the real effort (laughs) into closing the sale. Right. Uh, At the same time, like, you know, when it comes to shipping from the store, what we are doing is we are adding additional responsibility on the stores. Right. So it's actually, you know, additional work. So while I agree that if the item is shipped from the store, the sales should be attributed to the online. At the same time, there has to be some kind of a compensation model. Uh, Because store associates have to work more hours or more effort to ensure that online orders are getting fulfilled in time. They are interacting with the shipping company. So there's like a lot of work out there. In your case, you are even taking returns at the store means there's like even more work. So I see that uh, in our experience, we have seen retailers uh, giving certain kind of compensation for each item fulfilled or returned in the store, uh, I mean, the process by the store associates. And Could help, the eh? clear reason is that, yeah, because the clear reason is that, you know, the store is doubling the role as a fulfillment center as well. So when the store is also performing the role of fulfillment center, that effort should be recognized and should be attributed to the, uh, to the store um, yeah, associates. Yeah, yeah, I, and, and the I
1: store agree, Anil. And this is under discussion. So we are discussing about this. Uh, <laughs> I hope I will, come, no. I will be able to to give you good news next time.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I know this is important. But uh, I think what uh, what uh, in uh, last uh, in this transformation journey, I see what you have achieved is. Um, Bringing the inventory information from all these different locations, the retail stores, the warehouses and all these and making it available to as if one unified system. So both your online uh, system can take orders. uh, And if there's an item in stock, it could be in warehouse or in the store. You want to not miss this sales opportunity on your website. Similarly, the store associates should have access to exactly the same inventory information so they can be helping the customers in the store uh, to buy the item. So, like, you know, this getting the inventory information unified and making it available in uh, at, across all these channels is a challenge that most retailers face, uh, and looks like you have uh, resolved it. Li- right, tell us about your experience on how you, what was your journey?
1: Yes, well, you, you say a word resolved. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, let's say that it's a continuous improving, uh, but uh, it is essential what you say that you have to to have a source of information. For us, it's SAP, SAP Car. We I call it the Bible because I know that whenever I go in this tool and this system, everything is correct. Now uh, it's uh, it's very important that all the teams do their work. Meaning, okay, there is a system that can communicate uh, uh, in a very precise ways the ca- the quantities. Then there is the synchronization with external stock, which is another thing, because uh, uh, the IT is working a lot and they are really, really good. Uh, but now, for example, uh, sorry, when we started, we were able to have all the stocks synchronized every six hours. Now it has been lowered to three hours. So since we are not Amazon and we are not moving a lot of product, it's, for the moment, it's OK, but uh we, we we aim to to have uh, like less than 3 hours in the future so uh this is one of the objectives that the IT has and they are really working on it and then once you have this thing you also have to work on the inventories because uh, um it's essential that also the people working in the stock they check that everything is uh, is uh, perfect so Cyclic, cyclic inventory is another essential part in the operations because imagine that there is an error, this error will be translated in all, in all the systems, so from the e-commerce to the application where the stores can see the availability. And then there is the auto-replenishment system, which is another part of the, of the Omni Channel, because we have implemented this uh, tool last year and we're still implementing in the other regions. So it's present in Europe, it's, uh, it's working in China and uh, it works with uh, um, AE. So uh, it is uh, learning on how to replenish, but we are seeing that uh, even if it's working very well, then what's happening in the store sometimes it's faster so also this part uh, uh, we 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 try to to move uh, product faster through internal transfers so there are transfers there is the auto replenishment <laughs> there is sap and uh, and another thing that i would like to be possible in the next month is that uh, the stores could see not only the stock of the stores in their own region, but also the stock of the e-commerce because sometimes they cannot do endless eye, because, uh, for example, in the department stores, it's not feasible. Uh, And they can also see the central stock, the central warehouse stock, which today is not feasible at all. So I am working with the IT to make this feasible, And uh, this because I know that some other competitors are doing it, and it's working very well. Then uh, the sales assistant, for example, can uh, book reserve the products uh, in the real time. They can have it in one or two days, and they can do and they can like improve their sales of at least twenty percent. So today it's another challenge, and the, also the central stock is part of the visibility of the omnichannel. So uh the stock is a good it's a it's a great deal today <laughs> it's a big big deal today for all the teams
0: yeah you know this is interesting like uh it's our dream to bring together unify the inventory information and make it available to the whole company online or in store but as we do it like you mentioned it's very important that the inventory accuracy is actually high quality Um, like you said you know we should be doing good cycle counts so we know what is available in the store if item is damaged it's properly reported and so yes we are not over promising and you know because finally if it was over promised we'll have to cancel the order and that's like a customer is not happy about it so that that's one thing now how are like, did you uh, have a buffer stock or safety stock uh, you know kind of concepts uh, added in your inventory management like uh, every store uh, will have like at product level a certain buffer like uh, yeah. two pieces uh, if i get down to two pieces, i am not going to uh, sell it to the online store And then, so like, what are the different uh, checks and balances uh, you have experimented with and what works, what doesn't work uh, when it comes to uh, inventory accuracy management, especially dealing with over-promising?
1: Yes, at the moment, our system is not as uh, so specific that we can, for example, say under this number of products, please don't ask me to send you back because we are working on it. And we are also working on the numbers of ships that every store can do every day. Like decide that a particular store can do maximum two shipping stores per day, or depending on the, the, the dimension and of the stuff of the of the store. Yeah. And then regarding what you say, the the number, the buffer, yes, it exists and but it's not uh, it's not modulable from the ship-on-store point of view. So, no. Uh, But uh, we have a merchandising department who is constantly working on moving products from one store to another, from one region to another, to be sure that the selection is perfect and that the quantities are enough for e-commerce and for stores. So, this is another part of... uh, of the omnichannel system that I didn't mention before, but also the merchandising department is playing a big role because every day they check that the, the stock uh, the stock situation of the stores and once per month they do big consolidations so all the stores can send to e-commerce or vice versa the products to be sure that there is a good repartitions, let's say, of all the products. So yes, uh, even if today... Our system is not able to provide, a, let's say, a limit or a buffer, as you say, as you mentioned. But we are working on it. That's uh, for sure something we have to improve. And then uh, it's true that we don't have uh, big stocks, so we cannot have a lot of stocks. We are also improving this part, so we are getting the limit. And, the, and another thing that we didn't mention is the production capacity. Which is essential, and uh, we discovered that by focusing, because as you know, the 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 continuity part of the collection provides us six percent of the, of the turnover. So we have to focus on that, and uh, through the auto replenishment system, we have discovered that we could sell more. We could sell more, but at the moment, the production is not so fast so there is another issue that they are working on which is for sure a, a very important point to be improved so also this part the production has to facilitate the sales
0: yeah this is uh, important like you know uh, i i work uh, as a part of providing uh, software uh, our product order management system to different retailers um, i have had opportunity to work very closely with merchandisers and merchandisers have very sophisticated plans and uh, <clears throat> uh, they really want to be able to control uh, many things including uh, thresholds at the store level then at the exact SKU level <clears throat> also and they want to make sure that uh, how many orders get shipped from each store like you said you know an order should not be assigned more than Uh, so many um, orders for fulfillment uh, each day. So that's the other one. At the same time, uh, what I've seen is uh, in more recent time, the merchandisers have started talking about, they've been asking about pre-orders. So like you said, you know, there is this whole uh, production planning and production management uh, issues also. And we've seen increased demand for pre-orders or wherein the moment item is put on order to the factory, like, you know, when the purchase orders are raised, uh, the information starts flowing into the order management system, and order management system starts selling the future inventory uh, online. That way, before even we have item in stock, we have so- sold a whole lot, and it also helps in reorders during the season so uh, that's something um, I have experienced uh, and we continue to see uptrend we continue to see increased uh, conversations and need for technology to help manage pre-orders for retailers particularly for the items that are expensive but are high demand items yeah. So, yeah, you know, in, definitely inventory management remains a challenge. And l- <laughs> like I uh, like when I said resolved and you said, well, we are evolving. It is uh, I, I totally accept your statement that this is something that will keep improving every day because we are going to learn new challenges of managing inventory and exactly. building the system and all sorts of stuff. And so, we learn um,
1: every day. We learn every day. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, this is important. So, you know, uh, I, I really like uh, what the conversation we had today. Uh, the main takeaway that I see from today's conversation is, you know, uh, the key is in monitoring the cancellations. Uh, because uh, if we keep a close eye on the cancellations that we are getting for either online order or endless order, it doesn't matter. Uh, If we keep our close eye on it, then there's a lot we can learn and fix in our system and get the system even more ready and prepared for serving our customers because each cancellation means a one unhappy customer. And, you know, we don't want that to happen. So uh, that would I I would say that is the main takeaway for me from this uh, uh, this. Uh, conversation that we had today and I'm sure there our audience is going to ha- have their own takeaways and they might want to uh, come back to you with the, you know your ideas on different things or even may I have they might have uh, questions for you based on what recommendations you have uh given today so to sum up let's uh I would can you give me like a three three uh top advice that you would give to our friends in retailing community
1: yes sure (laughs) only three no i'm joking (laughs) uh so (laughs) no for me one of the essential part is the communication because when you start to do to, to do this project you think that it's feasible but whenever you talk with different departments you discover things that you didn't think before like uh for example, the logistic part is essential that can help. Uh, you can talk with the, the, the merchandising. You can talk with the stores. And another, and another uh, tip that I give you is to go to the store, live the life of the store, and understand what are the clients need. Because when you are there, you can really breathe the the the, the, the real life of the sales and the stores are in the first. Uh, first part, like let's say the first line of the set and then always have great tips. So when you want to launch something to implement a new activity or a new feature, always ask them what they think. Uh, and the second, the second um, point is to think customer. So uh, for example, yes, you go to the store, but you can also organize, for example, mystery shopping uh, activities. Uh, like we do, like uh, just uh, done, Uh, starting from really from the e-commerce, like seeing what happens during the journey, which is very useful. For example, I learned that some stores are not able to prepare uh, an online appointment because they receive the request and then the client arrives and nothing is ready because they didn't take the time to understand what the client was was wanting was the was wanted to try if what size if it was for him for his daughter for the the wife so this is very important and I've learned this so uh, mystery shopping experience are important and then the third thing is that uh, uh, to do one thing at a time so uh, project project manager is important. Uh, Don't uh, start little by little, use a store as a test, test for some days, check if everything is going fine uh, or not, and uh, and then fix the problem and then launch it little by little. And that's uh, the only way to to go on, because if you want to do everything at a time, you will discover a lot of problems and you will not be able to manage them. Fourth, and then I stop, And this is my desire. I hope in the future that there will be one single head managing e-commerce and retail. Because to me, the Omnichannel is just an evolution of the sales. So yesterday we were buying only in the stores, but then we were buying only in e-commerce. But I think that today we need to have a single head that thinks for both and that can let's say, give a coherence in the, in the customer experience. So this is my wish for the next uh, month, years, for the future.
0: Thanks, uh, thanks a lot for mentioning the fourth item, because mm. I agree with you. Unless we get to the fourth item, means have the one head for both or all the channels. Yes. There should mm. be one retail head uh, who is responsible for success of the whole, all all the branches of the company and everyone serving working together to serve the customer yes now unless that happens this whole omni-channel uh, conversation is not going to yield a whole lot of benefits definitely no really good tips very good tips we got today from you i've been definitely i follow you on linkedin and uh, we've been having conversations there is there any other channel of communication you would like our audience to connect with you if they have any questions for you
1: no to me it's, uh it's okay LinkedIn I am uh, available there I don't have a personal website so it's okay My <laughs> own, you can find me on LinkedIn so yes
0: awesome wonderful so Angela thank you very much for your time today it was a Yeah, it was a really good conversation and I'm sure our audience is going to love it.
1: Thanks. Thank you. Thank you all. Bye.
0: That's it for this episode of the Customer-Centric Retailing Podcast. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Please rate and review and recommend to a friend or a fellow retail fanatic. This podcast is presented by Hotwex Commerce.